Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. Hebrews chapter number 4, verses 14 through 16. I listened to Brother Cal preach up there at, at the uh, Meads branch last night, same place I was. He thought he was going to close that revival out. It just kept on going. It's still going. And uh, he used some of this. And, uh, I had no idea. I don't think he knew I used this Wednesday. But this is, uh, this is what's really on my heart. And if you found uh, Hebrews 4 and verse 14, shout amen for me. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Here's who it is. Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. And that word means confession as well. You can, it's synonymous right there. You, either word fits. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are. Yet, without sin. Let us, therefore, because of these things, let us, therefore, come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Father, I love you, and I thank you for the day. For the songs, for what little bit of voice I got left. I'm asking you for your help today, Lord. I'm praying that you'd fill my mouth, guard my tongue, preach me with accuracy inside the holy writ. I pray you'd touch every heart in the house today. I thank you, Lord. Praise God. I'm glad. We can come to the throne. What a privilege today. Bless this word. Save the lost soul near his tail. Reclaim the backslidden. Set the saint of God on fire afresh in the new. Be glorified in this place and in this preacher. Ask it in my king's name, Jesus. Amen. And amen. I want to preach for just a little bit this morning on God's throne of grace. God's throne of grace. Now, chapter 4 is speaking to this. To the rest, R-E-S-T, that we have in God. That we rest in the Lord. In our troubles, we can rest in the Lord. In our tragedies, 
we can rest in the Lord. Knowing this. Now, not outside of God, but in Christ. Because there's no rest outside of God. <clears throat> there's no rest if you're not in Christ. You have no rest. As a matter of fact, you're living under the condemnation of God right now. If you're not in Christ. And you can't fake it and make it. The Lord knows them that are his. He's got our names wrote down, Brother Donnie Wilson. He's written our names down. Now, in verse number four, we're going to see former rest of God. In verse number four, God rested from all his labor and his work. Was God tired? No, God wasn't tired. What the rest there means that he completed his work, it was fulfilled, and God, God completed and rested from doing what he had been doing. He didn't have to continue on. It's all done. Now, that's a picture of what Christ does in us. Are you with me? Yes. In verse 4, we see former rest. Then the Bible does this. The Bible says something, then it goes on to detail it. But then you read what hey, details it and you go back to see what he just said. Example, verse number three. It is this that rests us. L let's look at the text. For we which have believed do enter into rest. You know what that is? That's faith rest. So God, it's an example. God's example to us is he rested from his labor. You can't work your way into it. You can work till your fingers are gone. But you can't work yourself into it. Listen. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourself. It is a gift of God. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. But then we read in James where James said. Your faith is demonstrated by works. By what you do. Without works, your faith is dead. Dead faith won't get nothing done. It is, it is we work because we are saved, not to be saved. So here we have this. We have this great example of this. We have the rest of God. Former rest, we have the rest now, present, that we have in faith. Are you still with me? Everybody, we're all on the same page. Are you resting in the Lord today? <laughs> Rest means that even in the most difficult days, if you're in Christ, Newt, Brother Newt had some difficult days. And in those days, another tragedy has occurred in a community of Reno. Because a car wreck happened, and the families now are greatly distressed today because a loved one's gone. I say it here nearly every Sunday. One guy said, I won't go to that church because all Mike McCoy talks about is dying. You're going to die. And you don't know when you walk out that door if it's the last time you ever walked out of it. But with all of that being said, 
I'm not a bit afraid. Perfect love casteth out fear. I'm not worried about it. I know in whom I have believed. Praise God. I know what he's going to do. I know that when I leave, where I'm going, and I know who's going to be there waiting on me. You know what? And I'm not afraid to leave. How do you have that? By faith in Christ. I'm resting there, Clay. That's where I put my rest. That is, that is presently. Now we got one more. Verse number nine. There remaineth therefore a rest. That's future rest. That's a, now I've got rest right now. But remaineth means it continues. It's not just my rest right now that I've got. It's my rest I'll have for tomorrow. So I've, I've done a lot of funerals, not as many as Brother Cal Ray, but I've done a lot. And some of the most difficult funerals I've done. I went to Birchville, I think it's Birchville. Kentucky, is it Birchville? And held a funeral for a fellow that used to attend this church. His wife passed away. Mike Rimmer, it's the saddest thing I, I think I've ever seen at a funeral. He literally fell over into the coffin. I thought he was going to knock it over. He said, you can't be gone. You can't be gone. I said, brother, she's gone. Here's the good news. You can go where she is. But I've put myself in that place. Now, Pat will do it. She's at home today. But she'll do a lot better without me than I'd do without her. So I just figure... God's going to let me ease on out of here first. And shoot, 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 shoot. She's going to. But it, should it be the other way? One of us is going to have to stand at that box. And as bad as it was on my brother and his wife, and never, neither one of them ever had to stand there and look at the oven in that box. Now, I mean, it's bad. But you know what death is? Death is a means to another door. Amen. Can I call it evil if it's the thing that puts me in the presence of God? I don't know. Paul said it like this. To live is Christ. But to die is gain. That's resting right there. Now I got rest in it. I'm taking my rest in that. You're hearing you're unsaved today. That sounds like foreign cl clatter and uh, tinkling bells and jingling silver. It, it don't make no sense to you. But to the born again. And we all like to live here till we be 100 years old, never have an ache or a pain, fall off in blissful sleep in our bedroom and wake up in glory. I don't know how that's happened. I don't know anybody that's happened there. I remember being in the hospital room. I'm going to preach this in just a second. I remember being in the hospital room with Leo Smith. Now give Leo blood and give him blood and give him blood. And it's like 
it, it was just like pouring blood out on the floor. They come in the room that day. They said, Mr. Smith, can't give you any more blood. He said, okay. They said, do you know what that means? Yeah. They didn't think he did. They thought he was taking it way too easy. Are you sure you understand? Oh, yeah, I know what that means. He knew what Nick gave. Now, I wasn't there when this happened, but I got there soon after. Freddie and Patsy was there in the room. And said, Leo raised up in the bed and said, Life's evening sun is sinking low. A few more days and I must go. Patsy said he just closed his eyes, leaned back on the pillow and waited on the Lord. You have that kind of rest this morning? If you don't, you can come to the throne of grace and get it. Three things real quick we're going to look at here. That's the rest he's referring to in chapter number four. And then he turns it around and say it. He says, seeing then we have, in other words, because of all of this, here's how it happens. We see the position of Christ on this earth. Jesus wasn't the high priest here. Though he's, you can't separate him. He's prophet, priest, and king. But he fulfilled the role of prophet walking up on the earth. He wasn't from the Levitical tribe. You understand that? He's from the tribe of the kings. From Judah. But he's prophet. He prophesied. Well, he couldn't help but prophesy. He is the word. If he said something, it was prophetic. Because he's the word. Everywhere he went, he, he, when he spoke, it was prophetic. He fulfilled the role as prophet. In the future... Though you can't remove any one of these from him. He's prophet, priest, and king. In the future, he'll be a king. But right now, he's a priest. He's serving us. Why, Why do we need a priest? Because it took blood on the mercy seat. The blood she's saying about. It took blood on the mercy seat to satisfy a holy and righteous God which none of us was capable of supplying. Are you still with me? So in verse number 14 he's able to fulfill the role as the great, not just high priest, not any priest not any priest prior but he's able to fulfill the role or the office of the great high priest. He's greater than any priest that had ever presented blood on any altar at any time throughout the history of the world. Now stay with me. When the Levitical priest, let's begin with Aaron. It's never been done before. God chooses Aaron, Moses' brother. You're going to be the one the priests come out of. But here's what you've got to do. After all the tabernacle 
furniture has been, has been manufactured or, or built or constructed. Once all these, all these tables alter the mercy seat in the, on the Ark of the Covenant. One time a year behind that veil, you're going to have to go in there. And you're going to have to go in there and you're not just offering sin for the people or blood for the people. You've got to offer blood for yourself. Hold on. This is the high priest. You mean he needs blood? Oh, yeah. And it couldn't just go anywhere. It had, the blood had to go on the mercy seat. The priest had to get the blood from a bullock. He could use the blood of a goat for everybody else. In other words, it cost him more than it cost the others. It's going to cost you something. Let me, let me burst your bubble right here. Every saved individual in here today is a priest. We're kings and priests. We'll reign with him as kings and priests. Are you with me on that? So in Leviticus, when we see that it costs the priests more than it did everybody else, that's a picture. Of, it cost us something to do what we need to do for the cause of Christ. Now, it doesn't come free. Salvation's free. But this work is going to, that's why he said, present your bodies a living sacrifice. In other words, Jim, it's going to cost us something. It's going to cost us something. It cost the priest more. The priest had to, seven times the blood had to go on the, on the mercy seat. Then for the people, he had to walk behind that veil with a censer in his hand. He had to pull the curtain back and stick the censer in first and wave the censer. And then he could go behind the veil. Because he said, the, the Lord told him, said the smoke's going to cover the mercy seat lest you die. Right. It's serious business. And he put the blood on there for himself. He come out. He got the blood of the goat. Now, Brother Jason, he's going back behind He's going back behind the curtain again. The censer, the smoke, steps in there seven times. The blood's dripped on that mercy seat. And he walks back out. They let the scapegoat go. And when the scapegoat's gone, then the nation knows that sin for that year has been taken care of. That sounds like a bunch of stuff, preacher. I'm going to tell you. That's a bunch of stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. And every year, every year, every year, it was the same thing over and over. Don't you know that the top of that mercy seat was that thick in dried blood? And yet, fresh blood Stay with me. Had to put on him. Jesus didn't. Jesus didn't go in to the thing that was built by the hands of man. He went into the true. Everything that was manufactured in the temple and in the tabernacle, according to Paul in Hebrews, was a shadow of the true. What does that mean? That means the real ones in glory. The real ones in glory. 
You can find it in Revelation if you look real hard. The real one's in glory. And there was no blood on it. Do you know that there was no blood in heaven? There was no blood in heaven. But it was going to take blood in order to satisfy God. But there hadn't been any blood in heaven. That's why Jesus come and took on the form of a man. Made himself of no reputation. But the blood comes from the daddy. And God the Father gave him his blood. And he walked perfect on this earth. And he never done one wrong thing. Never. Not one wrong thing. He's holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners. That's him. Now, I'm saying he's able to fulfill the office of high priest. All them years of all that blood required something else to die, but not so with Jesus. For not by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered once into the holy place to obtain eternal redemption for us. What did he do? He stepped, bless God. He stepped into the holy place in heaven. There's never been no blood on that mercy seat, but he presented his own and it's still there. And it's the blood. Every time somebody offered blood, God said, that's good, but it's not good enough. What do you need? Another year. Your work wouldn't satisfy him. Your office as a priest wouldn't satisfy him. The best bull they could come up with wouldn't satisfy him. But Jesus dropped it one time on the mercy seat. And God said, satisfied. He's able to fulfill it. Number two in verse number 15. He's acquainted. With our infirmities. He's not only to fulfill, able to fulfill, get this, this is why I'm preaching this today for this one thing right here. But he's acquainted, he, or the, Isaiah said he's acquainted with grief. He's acquainted, you know what that word there, infirmities mean? Frailty. It's the weak part of us. Now, there's some big stout men in here today that's, that's worked hard and work hard and, and can lift up things and do things. And, and uh, I'm finding that, that my, my strength is depleting rapidly. Things I just took for granted doing, uh, it's more difficult to do. I'd say if God would give me another 15, 20 years, and I don't know that he'll give me that, but it might get pretty bad between now and then. but he was acquainted with our frailties. Now, but it's not the physical. It's not the physical. If you're past 35, your body's going the other way. And when you get to the holy land of 60, it's just about done. No, you don't think so. Not everybody's Dennis Bilbrey, but one of these days, the... Energizer Bunny's going to hit the wall. <laughs> It'll happen. It'll happen to you. Some of it's already happened to you. But it's not the physical, Brother Gordon. Two things. It's the mental. It's the mental. 
You think Jesus isn't acquainted with your frailty, your mental frailties? How would you like it? How would you like it if all this family deserted you today? Every one of them turned their back on you today. What if all your children turned their back on you today? What if the family turned their back on you? What if all your family turned their back on you? Paula and the girls, the grandkids. What if they just turned? You know what the Bible said? He came to his own, and his own received him not. They all forsook him and fled. You think he doesn't know what it feels like to be rejected and hurt? He's acquainted with our frailties of how bad we feel when everybody's gone and we think it's just us. If you're in Christ, it'll never be just you. Never. If I was in the middle of the South Pole, there wasn't nobody within a 500-mile radius of me, I'm telling you, I wouldn't be alone. I wouldn't be alone. He'd be with me. He's acquainted with our frailties. He knows what it feels like in our mind for it seems like everybody's gone and you're all on your own. So it's not just physical. It's mental, but it's spiritual as well. Do you know we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and the powers. You know why we keep thinking, why the bad thoughts keep thinking, my bad dream's finally gone away. Took it nearly two months. But I've quit having bad dreams. The other night, Tracy, it was so real. The other night, I dreamed about Dad. It was just so real. Pappy, Pappy, we called him Pappy. The other night, there's Pappy. I mean, just as, just, I was just talking to him, and there he was, and he was laughing about something, and, and it was just, I woke up in a good mood. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. It's the things that attack you over and over and over. Praise God, and Jesus is acquainted with every attack. He knows how it feels. People tell you, you're going through something. People look at you and say, I know how you feel. No, you don't. You could go through the exact same ordeal, but you don't know how they feel. Don't ever tell anybody that. And if you want to be stupid, tell them that. But don't be that way. Just say, I love you and I'm sorry and I'm praying. But there's one that could tell me, I know how you feel. I know how you feel. I've been where you are. My high priest, he is touched with the feeling of my frailty. He knows exactly what I'm going through. He is able to help me overcome whatever comes my way. I can do it, Richie Hall. Whatever comes my way, I can overcome. How do I do that? By the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony. It's in our frailties. He's acquainted with it. And lastly today, he's accessible. He's able to fulfill it. And he's acquainted with it. But what if we, that was all it was? What if it was just that he was able and he, he was acquainted with our frailty? In other words, he's experienced it. He understands it. And that's all it was. It wouldn't do us any good. 
unless he's accessible. It's when we access him that the difference is made. And we get two things that we need today more than we need anything else. And you only get it at God's throne of grace. You get mercy. We obtain that. That means to hold it, to gather it, to accept it. We get his mercy. Gabe, I'm glad he didn't give us justice. I'm glad I got mercy. We obtain that. You don't get that. They said Napoleon Bonaparte was about to execute a guy because he had deserted him in the battle. And said his mother broke through the crowd and went running out there and fell at Napoleon's feet and grabbed his legs and started yelling, mercy, mercy, mercy. And said Napoleon looked at her and said, he don't deserve mercy. She said if he deserved it, it wouldn't be mercy. And he let the boy go. Somebody recognized that they didn't deserve it. I'm afraid Americans today has got the elevated opinion of their self that they deserve something. I don't deserve it. On my best day, I'm a train wreck. There's none righteous. No, not one. All we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone hath turned to his own way and he hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. What does that mean? That means he put it on my king, on my priest. I couldn't, get, I couldn't get to the mercy seat, but Jesus could. I couldn't do what was necessary for me to have eternal life, but Jesus did. You understand that today? That we obtain that mercy and we only get it in one place. We come to the throne of grace. You can't, you can't obtain something. I'm going to just pick Kroger. You can't obtain something from Kroger today. Now, I'm not talking about Uber or ordering online. I'm talking about physically, tangibly, putting your hand up. You can't do it unless you go there. You're going to have to go. going to have to walk in, put your hand on it, and then you can obtain it. And you know what we do when we do that? Then we find the grace that we need to have. Help us in a time of need. We obtain the mercy. And once we've obtained mercy, friend, then we find. You know what's tied about? You know what's tied to mercy? Grace. Grace is tied right to it. We obtain his mercy and we find his grace. He hadn't shorted me. He hadn't cheated me. We got those calls on those on that wreck yesterday. I thought, yeah. Now that's what everybody be talking about. And there'll be something on down the road, then that's what they'll be talking about. Something else will happen, and that's then that's what 
Why don't you say no? Because look here, friend. God's no respecter of person. And what's come our way, come your way, it's, it's coming everybody's way. Death's going to find you where you're at one of these days and go. And you might be one of these that says, go away! And just keep knocking. And sooner or later, you'll have to open the door. But to those that be in Christ, Brother Chester, we open the door. We open the door. I'm probably not his greatest fan, but J.D. Sumter done this uh, song about death. He said, come in, do your best. Do your best. Do what you can. We heard it in Sunday school this morning. Don't be afraid of them that can kill the body, but fear him that is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. We don't have to be afraid today. Why? Because we have available to us God's throne of grace. Mercy's withholding what we did deserve, and grace has given us what we don't. I don't go for that, preacher. You ever called on the Lord? You ever been, you ever been born into the family of God? You hear today, and there's that, that place of frailty in your life, and you need some help. Now you may not be one that can come and do it before, that can do it before a bunch of people. You may have to do it, you may have to do it by yourself somewhere, just you and God. I'm glad he didn't tell me that I had to have 300 people in front of me before I could do it. But I'm glad he did. I'm glad that it is implied that I could do it before 300 people. It's when I need it. What do you need today? Is it mercy? Is it grace? He's able and he's acquainted and he's accessible. But you gotta come get it. I watched about a 14-year-old boy, and he might have been a little older than that. Play me something, Brandon. I watched him the other night. <clears throat> Three nights in a row, he held his hand up. He is lost. Three nights in a row, held his hand up, said, I'm lost. I'd look right at him, Dennis, and begged and begged and begged. Other people come, that boy never would budge. He run me down before I left on Friday night up there to shake my hand. I'd made him uncomfortable all week. But he wanted to shake my hand before I left that building that night. Broke my soul. I said, I can see his face. I can see his face. I said, son, you keep coming. You keep a coming. If he keeps coming, God will keep throwing the, 
the mercy line and the grace line out until I believe eventually it's going to hook that boy. We stand to our feet today. You need, you need mercy and grace. You ought to come. You ought to come. You ought, while, while everybody's looking. Just come. I need some help. Come. I need some strength. Come. I need salvation. Come. Leave that, Marcus. Come get that song right there. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the time of truth.